I'm getting old, old, old. Just getting old. Just getting old. Just getting old. Welcome to another episode of This Is Getting Old, the podcast where we talk about anything you guys want us to discuss. I am your host, John. With me today, I have my co-host, Clark. Clark, how you doing? Doing well, man. It's getting where I'm at. It's getting late, so it's. Um, if I sound tired, I'm sorry. For those who don't know, the voice in the background is Sam, and she will be a voice in the background. That she yeah. doesn't want to be uh, anything to do with this show, other than to be the voice in the background. That's okay. Hey, it's it's, it's good. It's like ambient noise. Oh. Ambient. I don't know. Did I say that wrong? I said it's southern, didn't I? Ambient. Oh, that's the medication you take to go to bed. No, that's ambient. That's That's how you trip out if you really want to. Take that stuff. I'm going to make your podcast so long that you have to edit a lot. Did you you not know how long the last one was? It was almost two hours. Sorry. The grind of gears was one of those. Grinds of gears. His grinds of gear was like fifteen minutes. Oh, mine could be thirty minutes. <laughs> but to be fair, I asked you. I said, "Hey, am I?" And I pulled out this like you're right. know, my dissertation. I was like, "All right, you're right." So that's fine. It's I fine. I can beat his. Yes, I know you can beat his. But his was about Kevin James, and to be fair, I never want Kevin James spoken on this podcast ever again. Simple question every week. We try to do a little discussion before every episode. So I guess this week uh, we will do a little something about, hey Clark, when's the last time you stopped trick-or-treating when you were younger? The last time I remember trick-or-treating, I, had, I was in double digits for sure. I should not have been trick-or-treating. Um, and I just had a mask. There was no real suit, just a mask. <laughs> probably 12, probably shouldn't have. Okay. But you know what? But, but I think parents were like, you know what, here's a kid, you know, whatever. 16. Give him some candy. You were 16 or he was 16? I was probably 16. You were 16? What were you wearing? Like, a bad costume? No. No, no camera on that. Oh, God. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, I was probably 17 the last time I did. Now, I, there was definitely stagnant years where I didn't go beforehand. I was just, like, watching horror movies. But there was one year we went to my friend Brad's house and... Uh, I dressed up, I stole his, he was a, let's go with this, Brad's six foot two or six foot three, so he was a large uh, middle school child, and I stole his uh, baseball uniform, and I wore that as my Halloween outfit. You stole it, like off his bat? (laughs) Oh yeah, and I maintained that shirt for the longest time. I don't know if I still have it or not. When you say maintained, you mean like you washed, you wore it? Oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you have it on right now people who are listening can't see but it's on right now yeah here's my Lisbon lion shirt <laughs> okay so this week we are in the beginning of Halloween month Halloween so we have five Mondays for the, this entire month so we're going to discuss at least one Halloween thing every week and then we'll have one off-topic discussion going on. So this week, to start it all off, for all you email kids, all you gothic kids, I, whatever, and you don't have to be any of those things. <laughs> when I grew up, this topic was literally talked about by every person that was an email kid. So let's just go with that. But you don't have to be, obviously. We're going to talk about Nightmare Before Christmas. 
Yes! So, when's the last time you actually watched this movie? We watched... My wife is really into holiday movies. We watch probably every year. Um, I can't remember the last time I watched the full thing through. Maybe three or four years ago. Okay. I watched it today, this morning. Oh, my word. the first time I watched it since 1995. Still beautiful, right? (laughs) Um... I'm gonna be honest with you. Claymation movies creep the hell out of me. <laughs> Same. I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's the jarring movements. I don't know if it's the very creepy claymation kind of characters that they are. But something about it creeps me out. And it that goes to like Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run. Even like the California Raisins kind of creep me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Wasn't there like an N64 game where like clay fighters or something? Like they were just cl- uh, they just fought and they were clay. That I, makes sense. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. I do right, know. Like, someone will someone will send something to our website yes. or to the Facebook page and correct me. But it's like clay fighters. Okay. Right. Uh, I know that there was the celebrity wrestling. Oh, the so like the um, the death ma- celebrity death match. Celebrity de- yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yes. I know that um, the Undertaker was on that and Stone Cold at one point. Yeah, and I've also seen an episode where uh, Tim Allen fought uh, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> you remember who won? I don't. Uh, it might have been Seinfeld because all his friends joined the fight, but I know that Tim Allen threw a tool wrench <laughs> in, and it went in Seinfeld's head, and the referee's like, gosh dang it, Tim, I told you, no tools. <laughs> oh, it was so good. That's funny. I wonder if... Who would really win in a real fight, though? It's got to be Tim Allen, right? Tim Allen. Yeah. 100%. He went to jail prior to that, so I would say Tim Allen. Tim Allen's kind of a badass, I think. I'm not sure. So the real question for Sam is not when's the last time you saw this movie. It's how many times a year do you see this movie? Normally only when Halloween comes around. Okay. So only like a couple times a year, like three or four? I might splurge once or twice if I'm Okay, so a little bit of splurging throughout the year. I understand that. It's usually when I'm not home because she, she knows it creeps oh, me I out. Oh, I would do it when you're home. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so, there I'm you go. I'm getting your son into it, so that's... That's true. The, the reason why I truly watched it this morning, yes, it was for this podcast, but at the same time, uh, I'm sitting on the couch this morning and I'm watching uh, the show Constantine on the WB app. And uh, or the, the DC app, and Liam looked at me and just goes Halloween, and I'm like, what? He's like Halloween, and he points at the TV. And I'm like, dude, come on, seriously? And he just jumps up. And he's like Halloween. I'm like, dear lord. So I jumped it on, you know, jumped over, turned it on, and uh, God, the kid just danced for the whole first song. Drove That's me awesome. nuts. That's the best song. <laughs> Well, I have kind of a similar story. When we watched, when Amelia was, I guess, two, we watched it. And, you know, she she didn't really get the dark part. She thought it was just cool. But she said, like, until probably August of that next year, she that's the only song she wanted to hear was the, oh, you know, the, God. this is Halloween, that one. To be honest, the first time Liam watched it, he sat there confused. <laughs> I was wondering what's going on, and then I started trying to get him to dance and everything. And then he kind of lightened up the second time we watched it. Yeah. 
Now he definitely dances every time he hears this is Halloween, so. This is Halloween, this is Halloween. Pumpkins scream in the dead of night. This is Halloween, everybody make a scene. Trick or treat, tell the neighbors on a diaphragm. What about the, um, what's this? Oh my god. Flying through the air, what's this? <laughs> What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this? There's going to be so much music playing in this episode that I'm going to have to cut There's got to be. There's got to be. <laughs> I might get sued by Tim Burton. No, just say, this is, you got to just tell, say, this is Tim Burton. We're not making any money off this. Here we go. Clearly you're not making any money. Like six viewers. Oh, what the hell? Six? I'm more like 24. Like 20. It's probably Clark clicking on it constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I wish. I wish I would. Should've, I should have done that. Uh, I, yeah. This is why I shouldn't be on the podcast. She's dude. just calling us out on. Good, it's bad. You wanted me to be here. I'm already in the. I knew this was going to happen too. That's what's sad. Well, let's just go with this. Like Nightmare Before Christmas, for people that do not know, um, was from 1993, and it is a stop-motion animation, claymation movie, uh, produced by Tim Burton. For everybody that doesn't know who Tim Burton is, you can see his name on the Michael Keaton Batman movies, Edward Scissorhands, he did the Cinda, uh, no, I'm sorry, the Alice in Wonderland movies that recently came out live-action. And he is now doing the Dumbo live-action movie coming out. Tim Burton is a weird guy, but he's super successful. And we discussed this before in the Nicolas Cage episode, but he almost directed the Superman movie. It all comes back, doesn't it? Yep. So if anybody almost wants to, like we intended that. Anybody wants to hear about that, I recommend listening to the third episode of this, ep- this podcast, Nicolas Cage. For everyone that needs to stop t- telling me that, oh, it's Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. He directed this and everything. No, he's a producer. And the reason why he's a producer is because he was actually still doing Batman Returns when this movie was being created. Batman Returns is your favorite one of all time, right? Uh, F, no. That's the creepiest one of all time. Yeah. Penguin Wait, blood. Batman Returns is the penguin, right? Yeah, it's the one where he's puking out black blood. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they decided to put... Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, opposite of uh, Danny DeVito. Damn. Gross. <laughs> well, basically, synopsis of this movie. Say it. Go ahead, synopsis of this movie. Jack Skellington, who is the king of Halloween Town, discovers Christmas Town, but his attempts to bring Christmas to his home causes crazy confusion. Okay. And much more crazy, weird crap. Yeah. Uh, you left out one main thing. What's the main thing? I'm not saying. I'm too tired, but you no. left out one main thing. What's the main thing? Too oh, she's too tired, so I guess we don't know the main thing. Nope. We'll never know. Nope. You better leave So that curious out. now. Oh, now it's going in. <laughs> I did know this was going to happen. I'm just letting you know that. So, the weirdest thing about this movie is it has a really bad, or motivation. There's like a weird motivation for this movie, for the viewers. Now, I'm sure everyone has seen like motivational posters where it's like, uh, everyone, like, here's 
all the penguins and they're all walking one direction and you just see one flocking his way there and the other way because that motivational penguin right there is telling us don't go with a crowd, do be different. And this movie is like a hundred percent opposite of that. <laughs> well so um, before we get into some details, what about what about um, like how much did this make at the box office, do you know? Um I do have that right here. Uh, it made $76.2 million at the box office. And what was the budget? Wow. The budget that's, was, that's, was only okay. 18 The budget was 18 Okay, cool. That's big. So what about opening weekend? You know? I do not have the opening weekend on me. I remember I read it, but I don't have it on me. I think it was like 190000 or so. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, 93, that still wasn't... wasn't a small thing, and in '93, this was such a new new principle. Like what what he was doing was so, I mean, it was it was crazy. It was oh yeah, new. I mean, this was almost shut down by Disney when they were making this. Yeah, <laughs> the, the whole concept. Disney kept seeing what they were doing, what they were making. And they just got really uncomfortable with the direction of where it was going. Because, Too dark. Because for again, at, at the time, Disney was very very kid friendly. With all their movies that were coming out, I know. No, oh, yeah, Lion King was right down the pipeline. The oh, good point. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Daddy, wake up!" Uh huh. But like, all those movies were right around that era, and then you get this really dark gothic movie, Nightmare Before Christmas. All right. So another thing that we uh, discussed what. Um, or that we looked into is that it actually has a 95% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Especially when you see movies today are like, they did really well. They got a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, I didn't know that because, I mean, I don't, I can't, I don't know anyone, I guess it makes sense, I don't know anyone who said, oh, I don't like that movie. Uh, besides me, yeah. Besides present company. Yeah, yes. there you go. And you're just lying, so it's okay. Just gives me the creeps. irrelevant. Just gives me the creeps. I just... Anytime I see the movements, it just... Ugh, chills. There's one scene uh, that I watched this morning where Sally, the ragdoll like character... Sam doesn't like her. Um, Sally is moving, and the way she's moving, it reminded me of the way the... Uh, the creature from the Grudge moved. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Grudge, the Grudge was a terrible movie, by the way, because anyone can make that. Like, uh, you know that sound that they make. Anybody can make that, so it if, wasn't scary at all. Sorry. If you want to enjoy that movie, go watch the Japanese version. It's way scarier. Okay, let me write that down. Japanese. Okay, I wrote down Japanese. I'm gonna want like food later. Yeah. You know? There you go. Japanese and the Korean movies are way scarier. Korean. Got it. Let's jump into some facts about this uh, movie. Um, the article that I will be reading the facts from is from mentalfloss.com, and it is the 21 things you didn't know about the Nightmare Before Christmas, written Here by Christy Puchko. And I'm giving you your name, so if I say something wrong that other people are like, no, that didn't happen, it's, it, it's Christy's fault. Christy. So, I already mentioned this right off the top, top but uh, Tim Burton did not direct this movie. What? Yep. Tim Burton was 
too busy working on Batman Returns during the 1992 um, release, so he uh, was not present for the making of this movie, but he had a large influence, of course. Right. So, uh, number two, Jack Skellington resurfaced in Henry Selleck's later films. So oh, yeah? Henry Selleck, the uh, director, uh, actually still made James and the Giant Peach. Where, where was he in that one? I have no clue. And again, James and the Giant Peach is another claymation movie, so it kind of creeps me out. The one on your list to watch. Yeah. He also apparently was in uh, uh, Neil Gaiman's Coraline. Coraline? You know, actually I saw that, and kind of in, in like, uh, I can't remember much about it. I saw the full thing, but kind of opposite of The Nightmare Before Christmas, which was an hour and 16 minutes. Pretty quick. Oh, yeah. That one felt like it was four hours long. <laughs> it's, it, again, claymation, but also those eyes creep me out. The button oh, eyes. Man, it's such a creepy movie, man. You need to put <laughs> yeah. that on your list. You, you got to get through it, but you got to um, see it. So number three, the plot was inspired by the recurring collision of holiday store decorations, and this amused me a lot. How often do you go into a store, and you look to your left, and there's all the Christmas lights and the Christmas trees, and you look to the right, and there's all the Halloween decorations with the Halloween costumes? Yeah, this time of year is perfect for that, too. Yeah. It, I imagine people, you could see that right now somewhere if you wanted to. I'm, I've seen it in the Dollar Tree store. All right, no, number four, a Tim Burton poem predated The Nightmare Before Christmas. So he actually had this idea beforehand, and it's sort of a parody to, for a, a visit from St. Nicholas. Do you have that poem on you? Uh, I do not, but the poem here says it's focused on the Jack Skellington's in, inescapable NU, oh no, uh, and featured his ghost dog, Zero, uh, in the a behind-the-scenes video about the Nightmare Before Christmas break, a back-breaking creation, a narrator notes that the production design team took a page from the pen and ink drawings of these two memorable artists aiming to create in the physical set design the kind of cross-hatching and texture found within their works. That was a mouthful. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> Do you want to take a break after that? Uh, uh, let's jump in here. Uh, number eight. Shooting began before the script was actually completed, which I see that happening a lot in films nowadays. Right. I feel like the, the moment a studio puts a release date of when they're putting the movie out, that's when they're, they're coming out. So if you're not done with the script, you better get going. Yeah, but that's kind of like, I don't know, it seems a little strange for a claymation movie, only because like that seems, like I said, to be completely planned out, like fully scripted before they start moving the... It's a lot of a lot of work. A lot of time goes into it. Well, it's also the fact that this movie took like three years to make and, and complete because uh, shooting, like with stop animation, I think this one was like twenty four frames per second. So I mean that's nuts to me that you're spending each little moment moving an arm and then stop, take a picture, and then move another thing and then stop, take a picture. That's that's how these movies are made. That's nuts. You'd have a lot of patience. <laughs> Which I don't have. Say the least. Uh, Selleck, number nine, is uh, responsible for Jack's signature suit. Okay. Uh, it is revealed in the film's commentary track that a director, Selleck, who gave Jack a marvelous makeover that added the white stripes to his slim fit suit, more than a smart uh, 
oh, I don't know that, uh, sartor sartorial choice. The, uh, the addition of the pinstripes was needed to help Jack's pop. I think that was by, I think it was a good choice by Henry Selleck because that's you know that's that is Jack now. I mean that is that is it. That's yeah, what it looks like. It's extremely iconic. Anytime I ever see anyone with that kind of suit, that's what I think of as Jack Skellington. Right. Uh, number ten. Disney fought for Jack to have eyes. I told Sam this, and I'm like, think how creepy that would be. So Jack didn't have eyes originally? Well, no, because he always had the, the skeleton face. So, so it's a hollow out eyes. But imagine yeah. Disney wanted it to have eyes. So imagine now eyeballs in those in that skeleton face. I see. I think that would have been creepy. It would be even creepier. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, number 11, the most difficult shot was opening a door. Because they kind of gave that texture, like reflection feel of everything around you. That's surprising only because of you see like that, um, you know, when Jack's singing his iconic songs and mm -hmm. like the moon's behind him and that thing curls down and he steps down from it. It seems like that maybe that would have been tough to film. Yeah, I guess uh, it's because the, the doorknobs and everything were shiny and it gave like this reflection. You had to show the environment around him, but also show him coming closer and as well showing the hand reaching for it. All right, so this one, I really wanted to, this to be true. Uh, Twelve. Vincent Price was nearly Nightmare's Santa. <laughs> uh, Vincent Price, uh, I don't know a ton about him, but the one thing I do know is he's the narrator voice in the uh, uh, what, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Right. All you boys and ghouls, or all you ghosts and ghouls, yeah, that voice, I, I couldn't, I really wanted that to be Santa when I read this note. So this, so it was planned to be the creepiest Santa of all time. Cool. Yeah, I've been okay with that. Uh, here you go, number 13, Patrick Stewart was cut from the film. He was supposed to be the one that did all the monologues and narration. Did you say why he was cut? Uh, other than the fact that they just, re uh, the lengthy monologues were eventually pared down to a few lines and so they just gave it to uh, the Santa character rather than give it to a high prolific name of um, Patrick Stewart, who at the time was in Star Trek The Next Generation. <clears throat> I always wonder how, like, I always wonder things like, and we don't have an answer to this, but I always wonder, like, he did the, he did the line, so do they still pay him, but he just wasn't, didn't make the cut? Yes, I know you get paid for the work you do, period. Yeah. And whether it gets put in the film or not. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Number 14, Tim Burton was supposed to cameo in the movie. He was actually uh, in an alternative version of the vampires playing hockey. But they removed it from the film. Was he just like a head? Uh, I mu it must have been, but obviously yeah. they never ended up using it, so I can't show you what it would have been. Um, number 15, there are hidden Mickeys throughout the film. Okay, so Disney distanced themselves, but they still were okay with putting Mickey in there. Yeah, so in the one scene where two children uh, two children uh, went down to go receive their presents and open them up, you can see on the girl's dress, you can actually see Mickey. That's cool. So due to the recording, a few facts were eliminated from the recording. One of them is the fact that uh, one of the inspirations from the movie was a Rankin and Bass 
movies, which are the Santa Claus is Coming to Town, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, movies like that. Those were a large inspiration. The other thing that was eliminated from this was also the fact that uh, there are hidden Danny Elfman cameos through the film. Began collaborating with Tim Burton back in the early 1980s when he composed the score for Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And they also teamed up for Beetlejuice. And Edward Scissorhands. Which Beetlejuice, by the way? They, is there, are they making? Are they making a new one? Yeah. Uh, you look like you're. I'm excited about that. I am, but it's been so damn long. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I remember watching that when I was younger, and it was so cool and so different. And to bring back the entire cast is what I heard, at least most of them. Yeah. All right, so, so here you go. Uh, number 18, uh, Burton called on other collaborators to be heard. Um, aside from Jack's singing voice, Elfman also, left, uh, Elfman also lent his pipes to mischievous Beryl, uh, the, th the clown with the t uh, tearaway face, uh, filling out the trio of trick-or-treaters with Pee-wee's Big Adventure star uh, Paul Rubens as Locke, Beetlejuice's Catherine O'Hara as Shock, and O'Hara also voiced and stitched up uh, Sally. So Catherine O'Hara did Sally and Shock. Okay. Yeah. If you listen to the Sally's song that she actually sings in the movie, you hear Catherine O'Hara's voice. Nobody listens to that song. Oh, it's, uh, that's true, but when I heard it this morning, I'm like, holy crap, that's Catherine O'Hara? Yeah. Alright, so number 19. Deleted scenes including Behemoth Solo and Alternate Oogie Boogie Revealed. You're joking. You're joking. I can't believe my eyes. You're joking me. You gotta be. This can't be the right guy. The Oogie Boogie songs that were in the movie, they've always stood out to me. Because they're creepy. <laughs> Very much so, and there's also rumors that it was slightly racist, but I'm not going to go into that. We'll go into that on the website. Okay, no, we won't. <laughs> Fact number 20. The set was built with secret passages for the animators. And that's actually kind of cool, because, again, this is a stop animation thing. It's, you know, 24 frames per second. It's, it's, you're constantly moving and adjusting things, so it's kind of cool that they have these little accesses to get in and out of the scene without ruining anything. That, yeah, that's cool that, that way, but do you think that he had any kind of like a, I mean, that's such a, you know, Tim Burton thing to do. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you. I know that um, it says here that beneath the Nightmare Before Christmas had special trap doors cut into 19 sound stages worth of 230 models sets so they could more easily reach and manipulate the peculiar puppets. From these vantage points, they can also move the armatures hidden within the creatures or swap their faces out. For one of the hundreds made to allow for a wide range of emotions, Jack Skellington alone had 400 heads. 
Okay, that is worth a trivia question. How many heads did Jack Skellington have? 400, that's nuts. 400 of them things. Yeah. So, this was what was really interesting to me. With how much of a success this movie was and everything. This is the final fact. Number 21. Tim Burton rejected a CGI sequel. So, okay, so there's going to be another one. He said, nope. Yep. So, there was going to be another one. And he told... In a interview on MTV, I was always very protective of Nightmare Before Christmas, not to do sequels or any things of that kind. You know, Jack visits, uh, you know, something like Jack visits uh, Thanksgiving World or other things like that. Just yeah, because yeah. I felt the movie had a purity to it, and that people that like, uh, and the people that like it, because it's not a mass market kind of thing. It is a, It was important to kind of keep that purity to it. I try to respect the people and keep the purity of the project as much as possible. You know, it'd be, you know, it'd be really cool is if they would have done like a prequel. Like, what was it like before he? Because you know, he he had mastered Halloween. He's the king of the Pumpkin King, right? He's the king yeah. of Halloween. So, what was it like before he was the king? See, that's I've always when I do watch the beginning or anything like that. I'm like, one, why is he the king? Uh, right. That was always on my mind. The other thing was. He's a skeleton. Why is he the pumpkin king? That is... That's, a, that's number two. And number three, how long has this world existed? Has it only existed since we've had the, the traditions of these holidays? You're getting too deep now. See, that, that, <laughs> that's always been on my mind when I watch or hear about these movies. So, But it's fair because I think when you, get, you dive into a world like this... like. You don't want to just spend, you know, an hour and 16 minutes in this world. Mm -hmm. You want to spend a lot more time. Yes. I agree. So, I did find this, though, and I thought this would be interesting. Um, so, if anybody is interested in PlayStation 2 games, or the Game Boy Color, or the original Xbox, uh, there is a related uh, Nightmare Before Christmas video game. And it is considered the sequel. And it's called The Nightmare Before Christmas, Oogie's Revenge. Ooh, Oogie's Revenge, ooh. Yeah, and I know Sam said that either she played it or she really, really wanted it. But again, it's one of those things that uh, we looked it up for the Game Boy Advance, and it is way too much money. I am not paying that much money for this movie, for this game. I wonder how it plays, though. Um... I've seen some gameplay on it when we were doing research on this movie, and it kind of just looks like a busy game, I guess. It it doesn't. Busy game. Yeah, it doesn't look great. It looks like you're constantly just trying just to achieve little things. Again, that's just my it's opinion. Game, isn't it? It's just my opinion. Did you look into some of the um, like the continuity issues? Like you know how every every movie has like oh you know this arm is. Is up in this scene, like then it comes back to it, and the arms down. It's like the continuity's off. Um, I did not. Well, this movie's a little is is, is quite the same, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so during the uh, kidnap, Mister Sandy Claus. Shock has black gloves that disappear and reappear throughout the song. So if you listen to that song, watch his hands. They're there, then they're not. Okay, is one. Um, there's another one that's uh, it's more of a um, not necessarily continuity 
but it's more of like a character error. Um, so during um, "What's This," you know, Jack sings that song. What's mm-hmm. this? Um, there's a, a line that's uh, there's children throwing snowballs instead of throwing heads. Um, but the earlier verse, there's white things in the air, established he never actually knew about or seen snow before. It was like he doesn't know before, and then like all of a sudden he knows about snowballs, and is like he's a genius about snow. Yeah, I I, I did wonder that watching this. Uh that scene a little bit there was a couple things like that where he was just talking about it and singing about it and i'm like you've never been here before how do you know what this thing is yeah. even called because i mean because the idea is like this is such a new you know he, he's he's mastered halloween he's now he sees christmas and he's like oh my gosh what what in the world have i been missing out on um it's all new to him and so you know when, when the character error comes up like that it's like okay well to us now, it seems like it's a glaring thing, but then during production, it's like probably you don't notice that kind of thing. So I guess we can just kind of start wrapping it up, and I want to go with this. What is the meaning behind this movie? Now, is I that me- you asking me? Yeah. So I, I mentioned it earlier in the show, how it's kind of a screwed up meaning to this movie. And uh, basically, you, you're the one, as well as Sam, that read the article. Really, really, before even reading the article, I, um, yeah, if you ask, like, what's the theme of the movie? It's, you know, just generally to me, it's like, well, you can be super successful at, you know, you could be the best at something. You know, there's something else you're miss- you may be missing out on that, um, you know, I don't know. Just cut that out. I can't, I can't think right now. Basically, the thing that, like, plays off to me when I, when I saw the movie is everyone, like, I, I was talking about the motivational posters before. You try and, Everyone wants to go against the norms and be their own thing, and that's how you become successful and do your own thing. This movie is like, you, you're really successful, you're the best at what you can do, and you're better than anybody else at this. Now, you're too good for it, you're bored by doing it, now go off and do something else. Yet year after year, it's the same routine. And I grow so weary of the sound of screams. And I, Jack the Pumpkin King, have grown so tired of the same old man. He did that. He went to try and take Christmas as his own, create Christmas. And then he failed at it, so he just went back to his old thing. You didn't tell him how he failed it. How did he fail it, Sam? What I see of this movie is that basically if you try and go out of the norm and chase your dreams, you're going to end up like Jack Skelly shot down out of the sky, ending up in a <coughs> um, cemetery because <laughs> he tried to go out of the norm. So if you go out of your way, you're going to either get shot down or get killed and end up in the cemetery. That's good euphemism. That's dark. <laughs> yeah. A little dark. Well, he didn't die. He didn't die because he's a skeleton, but at, if after the, a at human the being... end, he realized he made the mistake, and he realized Christmas, or not Christmas Town, Halloween Town was where he belonged all along, and he didn't know to need to go to Christmas Town. Okay. And then he ends up with the girl who's a sociopath and has been like following him fo- the like, whole time, literally stalking him the entire movie. Yeah, Maybe that's why I don't like her. Maybe. She's a really creepy character. The only thing I liked about her was it's Catherine O'Hara as the voice. 
for people that don't know, he she was the mom in Home Alone. He never even recognized her. No, like not Until once. The and, and then he sees her and goes like, oh, you can Sally. Make my, you can make my Christmas outfit. Yeah, you can make my Christmas outfit. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anybody can watch. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's a weird movie. It's weird that it has... Again, it's weird that it's a Disney movie with this kind of a dark tone to it. Come on. Yeah. Well, then, Disney kills off parents. Yeah, yes. Simba's parent dad died. Yes, he basically slept with his cousin. What's wrong with that? Wow. Hey. <laughs> You're keeping that part in, right? Uh, I'll keep it in. That's funny. I didn't say about Simba. I was just saying, in general, they kill off one of the parents, but not if not both. Yeah, but every movie then puts you in a scenario where... You have lost somebody in your life. How are you going to overcome your struggles and succeed in life? That's what a Disney movie is. Yeah, every one of them. So it's Project just weird. You didn't lose it. That's why it's weird. It's against the norm of their their films. You didn't lose anyone. No. That's why they try to distance themselves. That's why this is weird. He's just bored. That's why he's I'm, bored about being the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not that he's bored. He's bored of scaring people. The same old routine as he says in the movie. That was the other thing, is the next day the mayor goes to go see him and everything like that. And to, to plan the next year's thing, you need 364 days to plan <laughs> on scaring people. Through that one song, basically, right? Yeah, it's weird. And then he's like, oh, you know, forget 364 days. And literally 60 days, we're going to actually, or less than 60 days, we're doing Christmas. We're going to steal that from this guy. Maybe time flows differently in their universe. Maybe. You never know. I don't know. What do you guys think about Oogie Boogie? Have you never talked about him? Oogie Boogie is kind of a weird, I didn't like that. stereotypical, like, New Orleans kind of character. He's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the one guy that I did not like when I was a kid. The, it wasn't Oogie Boogie that creeped me out. It was the little kids that were like his minions. They creeped me out so much. I think there's something about a child like talking in unison with another child that creeps me out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Even that, child laughter creeps me out, yeah. like in um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, yeah. That's, uh, ugh. <laughs> That's future episode, ladies and gentlemen. Are you afraid Please. of the dark? Oogie Boogie, he's gambling. He, he, it's a very New Orleans kind of character. It, it was weird to just throw that in the movie. Yeah, he sounded like someone from Princess and the Frog. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. So, uh, any final thoughts on uh, Nightmare Before Christmas? If you've never seen it, you have to see it once. You may be thinking, oh, it's a kid's movie or whatever. Like, it's... There's so much there, so much material there. There's so many. And it's not that long. It's in. It's just barely over an hour. No, it's hour. It's you know, seventy six minutes. minutes. Yeah. So that's an hour sixteen. That's perfect for anybody that's just ready to sit down, and watch a quick film, and be done with it. It's and literally if more. You get out easily. This will creep you out for sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's it's sixteen minutes longer than your average like hour long TV show. Right, you can do that. It's fine. It's worth it. There's two. There's two. At least two songs you'll never forget in your entire life. If you um, can go through a whole Netflix series of a show, you can watch this movie. There you go. That's that's a 
That's very true. <laughs> if you can that's binge... Funny, that's funny. That was, like, the one thing that she said that she wanted, like, us to hear. Like, yeah, she, the... she bolted into the room to say that. <laughs> it's true, though. If you can, if you can watch... Iron Fist and hate yourself for it, then I guess watch Nightmare Before Christmas. Watch it, do it. Or watch Shameless. Or watch Shameless, a random shameless plug there. (laughs) Basically, we'll wrap this show up by asking the simple question to you. What's been grinding your gears? Let's let you go first this time. Oh, son of a... I don't have one right now. I know. Um, I'm so happy. My grinds my the grinds my gears is the fact that my kid likes this movie. But you don't like, you don't like it. You like it. I know. I I get the principle. I get the story. Bing. I get the inspiration for the movie. I get all that. I just again, it just creeps me out. It's just the claymation. I just did that to piss John off. She really did. That's literally. I'm at work and I get the text message. Guess who's watching what movie? And then I just see a picture of him sitting in front of the movie, staring off. I'm like. It's probably the movie I hate. The one movie you hate. Yeah. It's been in this PlayStation the whole time. <laughs> it has. Because they don't have it on Netflix <laughs> anymore. No, but we can buy it on digital. Oh, we can buy it on digital. I just don't want it. And uh, we have the DVD, not the Blu-ray. So it's just... She's been using my PlayStation to watch it. You know what's grinding my gears? What's grinding your gears? What's grinding my gears is... I really love Halloween. Halloween, maybe, at least when I was a kid, you know, now I have a child um, who has allergies, if you listen to the last podcast. Um, so we get we got to be very serious about what kind of food, you know, what kind of candy she gets. Yeah, yeah, I, I get love that. Halloween, and, like, what's going to my gears is how expensive Halloween decorations cost. So if you want to get, if you want to do some good, some good decorations in front, in, in, you know, at your house, like, you're, you're dropping a $1,000. That grinds my gears. Yeah, what was the... The, how much was the Jack Skellington blow up? Thirty dollars. It's thirty bucks for 30, a, a thing that's gonna sit in front of your house for like thirty days. You can use it get, for Christmas too. I'm not putting that in front of my house for Christmas. I would. But yeah, to decorate. I totally me, get you because uh, <clears throat> we were visiting my parents today, and they have a couple of the little skeleton creatures, like skeleton spider or skeleton rats or anything like skeleton cat. I get it. But then my mom's like, I-, I wanted to get the larger ones, but y- your dad said no. I'm like, yeah, because they're like $80 a piece. Yeah. They're not right. cheap, and they're stupid little skeleton things. If you want to have a full theme, too, if you that's for one. <clears throat> it's probably like a skeleton theme. You're buying multiple. Yeah. You're easily dropping a couple hundred bucks to $1,000. Yeah, because I took Liam to a uh, holiday store, and they he saw a skeleton like dinosaur and he's big into dinosaurs right now and he saw that and wanted it I looked at it, it was like a hundred and like sixty dollars for that thing oh like, buddy God. we are walking away from this wow oh there's Liam uh, so basically let's start wrapping up the show uh, we'll basically say uh, thank you for all the listeners that have been listening to us recently really looking forward to this month of uh, Halloween episodes do you want your blankie? Do not talk to me, woman. He's a daddy's boy right now. Um, but yeah, thank you for all the listeners. I'm really looking forward to this month. We're going to be talking about a lot of Halloween topics, so I'm really excited about that. Um, the next episode, we're I believe we're going to do slasher movies. 
or we're gonna do your like scary store uh, scary stories on TV shows. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking That's forward good. to these next couple ones here. If you would like to email the show, please email us at gettingoldpod at gmail.com. If you would like to find us at our website, look at us at gettingoldpod.com. There you can find all of our old episodes. You can also email us through that and subscribe to the episodes. Uh, you can also find us on our Facebook group at This Is Getting Old. Join the group and uh, show your suggestions for what you want to see in the future. This is getting old. <laughs>